Welcome to episode 240 of Destination Linux. Now, whether you're brand new to open source or a guru of sudo, this is the podcast for you. My name is Noah, and with me today are my co-hosts, Ryan, Jill, and Michael. This week, coming up, we have Philip Mueller from Manjaro, and we'll get the latest on what's happening with that distribution. Then, throughout the episode and following, we're going to celebrate 30 years of Linux, the success that it's experienced, and what that success means to you. And of course, there's the news, the software picks, my tip. It's all up right now on Destination Linux. Today, we are celebrating 30 years of Linux. And at 3 p.m. Eastern, we're inviting mm -hmm. everyone to come with us and hang out to celebrate. In place of community feedback this week, I thought it would be fun to ask everyone here a question that we also posed to the community and got so many amazing answers. We're going to go through some of those responses in the MegaFest itself. But for here, I want to ask the hosts, what Linux means to you. We've had 30 years of Linux. All of wow. us came from different backgrounds, how we found Linux, but why is it important to each of you? So let's start with Jill. Jill, mm -hmm. what does Linux mean to you? Oh boy. So when I got this question, I just kind of came up with some random thoughts that are important to me about Linux. And I said, freedom, choice, tinkering and learning something new each day. Yes, yeah. Linux teaches us lessons every day. And install it installs my excitement in collecting computers and hardware and answers the question, can it run Linux? Woohoo. <laughs> I think you've answered that question about 10,000 plus computer yes. times, Jill. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the answer is yes, it, it can. It can Absolutely. run Linux. Absolutely. <laughs> and Open software, which drives open har hardware and vice versa. They play off each other and are very progressive. And with Linux, you can customize it and make it your own. The amazing community, like our destination Linux community. and uh, It is the going greatest community. I mean, is, I'm not biased. It is the greatest yeah, community. Though. Yeah. We have, have the best uh, Linux podcasting community, I think, ever. <laughs> I, 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 tend, I just have to agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> and going to Linux conventions and particularly the Southern California Linux Expo, which is my home base. So excited yeah. about that and ex excited about exploring the Southeast Linux Fest in the future with Destination Linux. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to going to scale next year. I, I hope, to, I hope to make it. I want you all there. <laughs> It'd be so awesome. And of course, hanging out with friends who are like-minded <laughs> and... Yeah. Uh, that's what's uh, that's neat about the Linux community, though. I mean, that's a really good point is that you instantly, mm -hmm. when you go to a conference or something, have something to talk to them about. Yeah. yeah. Like, even if you're naturally Shared interest, yeah. Yeah, you can just go <laughs> up to somebody and be like, hey, I see you're running Manjaro. What do you think of it? Or I like Manjaro, too. Like, you've already got something to talk to everybody about there, which is really kind of neat. Yeah, exactly. And they're so warm and welcoming. And you just feel part of the Linux family. It's just right. amazing. And I also love the cute text penguin, of course. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so it's all about the logo to you, Jill. When we boil yeah. it all down, it was because they chose the penguin. <laughs> yeah. And one of the top ones is Destination Linux. Nice. Yeah. That's what Linux means to awesome. me. Awesome. <laughs> I'm going to add that and to mine. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And 
the overall big one, life. Linux is life. Yeah. <laughs> Drink from the cup of life, Linux. Yes. Love it. You know, I had a lot of similar things here. To me, you know, Linux is a movement. And it, so it's mm-hmm. just more than software to me. Uh, it's about freedom, choice, privacy, security, all those things that you mentioned there. I agree. That's what kind of drew me in is the privacy standpoint. That's why I started yeah. Linux to begin with or even was exploring it because I, as I was doing these videos in Windows and I was trying to do content telling people about how to turn off all the privacy stuff in Windows, I was like, there's got to be something <laughs> better than this, right? They're, they're, yeah, this is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and people ended up recommending it and I started the 30 days thing. So the privacy and security portion is so important that it not only was a part of Linux, but remains a part of Linux because that's something that we really want to protect and then the work that it does to help close the digital divide. You know, there are mm-hmm. people who uh, have the ability to become the next great artist, the next great you know, director, the next great software writer. And if they can't access tools because of all of these expensive licenses and everything else blockading them from being able to contribute or get involved in something, then we've lost out on that as, as, a, as a civilization. So the ability to close that digital divide by giving people access to these amazing and powerful tools that some, in, in many cases now, have superseded the proprietary options, mm-hmm. to me is what being a part of the technology, the community, all of that. But that's what Linux means to me. Those are great points. I mean, I, the experience that I started with Linux was kind of, it was kind of funny because I saw a, a reference to it in an interview on uh, the ZDTV at the time. And it was just kind of like talking about an alternative to Windows. And my initial reaction was, there's alternatives, let me find out. So I just started playing with it. So I was more like a tinkering and just, you know, so embracing it from that point. And also it showed me what open source was and all these different types of things as like a philosophy and the the freedom and the privacy and all that stuff is fantastic. But more, I, I was on the tinkering side of wanting to just play with stuff when I first started it, because I was also a teenager when I first started using Linux. So mm-hmm. it was it was kind of like, oh, I just want to I just want to play with it. And then after that, I learned all of the great stuff that comes along with the Linux ecosystem, like the security and the privacy and the open source philosophy and all that stuff. So what Linux means to me is is uh, it kind of cheesy, but I'm gonna I'm gonna steal from from Jill a little bit and say that life Linux is that important. So it's 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 part of my at this point career. It's part of uh, you know just the, the everyday usage of a computer, but also it's it's a, it's fun. You know it's it's an adventure as well. Ah, an adventure perfect. indeed. <laughs> Noah, what does Linux mean to you? You know, I, I hear a lot of people, they will they try to downplay this, right? And they say, oh, it's just a tool. It's just a software. It's just an operating uh, system, right? And they, they try to put it inside of this box. And, you know, to me, Linux is not just an operating system. It's not just a software. It's not just a tool. It's a value-based operating system. And what I mean by that is where your values are, you can find a distribution that matches. So for example, if you are in business and maybe you need a plain Jane operating system that just functions, you have distributions like RHEL, or maybe you want to explore technology and you're one of those people that say, oh, by the way, I use Arch. Well, there's a distribution for you. Maybe you want a utility distro that you're just trying to accomplish a particular task like Volumio or Home Assistant, and you just want that tool to exist inside of your home. Well, guess what? Linux powers that. It enables you to 
to do those things. 3CX is another great example of where you just might want a tool and maybe you don't even necessarily want to understand uh, what runs underneath. Companies have taken that to an all new level. You have Google, which has used Linux as the base for their platform, like Android or Chrome OS. And so to me, when I think about that, what it comes down to is meritocracy, right? Things that wouldn't matter anywhere else matter a lot in Linux. And so things that aren't sexy and aren't marketable and aren't sellable, like the file system or the encryption stuff, all of those things have somebody that is super passionate and really care about that little tiny thing. And so the collection of that community, of the people that care about their individual parts, that makes Linux up as a whole. And so for me personally, it comes down to things like stability, security, flexibility, reliability, and overall the community, all of the people that are around that make up the Linux community. That gives me trust. It gives me trust in the developers. It gives me trust in the code. It puts trust in the platform itself. And so thus I have trust in the future, all thanks to Linux and the 30 years that it has been in development. That's fantastic, That's amazing, man. I love that. I previously forked Beautiful. Jill's comment earlier, and I also want to fork Noah's and say that part of that was mine too. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can merge. You can. I accept your pull request. You can go ahead perfect, and merge. Perfect. Hey, happy 30th anniversary to this amazing, brilliant family of operating systems, the kernel, all of the things that it, it, it has spawned. We want to take part in the celebration of the 30 years of Linux. So in closing, we want to thank all of you from the worldwide community, all of you that have reached out and shared what Linux means to you and joined in the celebration of the 30 years for Linux. Now, if you want to continue that celebration, we want you to go over to our forms. We invite you to continue giving us feedback through the forms or sending it email to comments at destinationlinux.org. This episode of Destination Linux, hey, it's brought to you by DigitalOcean. DigitalOcean recently announced their new managed MongoDB service, which is a fully managed database as a service known as DBoss. I just made that up. I don't actually know if they pronounce it DBoss or not, but I'm going to say it. With DBoss, you can focus more on building scalable, high-performance apps and less on maintaining the database. The things that you don't want to do, you let DigitalOcean do. The things that you're good at, the things you want to focus on, the things that help you get work done, you focus on those things and simply offload the MongoDB administration off to DigitalOcean. Let them handle the provisioning, the managing, the scaling updates, the backups, and the security of your clusters. DigitalOcean built this service specifically with partnership with MongoDB, and that means together they've ensured that you're going to get access to all of the latest releases of the MongoDB document database as they become available. Now, as a listener of the Destination Linux podcast and a member of the DLN community, you can get started for free. Actually, it's better than free because they're going to give you a $100 credit by going to do.co slash DLN dash Mongo. That means you're throwing $100 in the trash by not going to do.co slash DLN dash Mongo. Now, if you have an extra $100 and you want to drive out the window and feel like a baller throwing $100 windows out the, uh, out the window, that's fine. You go ahead and do that. But if you're not like that and you say to yourself, hey, I'd rather take that $100 that I'm getting for free and put it towards a server and spin up a, 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 a server and run this database as a service, then go to do.co slash DLN dash Mongo. That's do.co slash DLN dash Mongo to get started with your free $100 credit on DigitalOcean's new managed MongoDB. And we want to thank DigitalOcean for sponsoring this episode of Destination Linux. This week, it's our pleasure to introduce and welcome Philip Mueller to the show, project lead developer from the Manjaro Project. Welcome back, Philip. Hello, everyone. There is a brand new release of Manjaro 21.1 named Pavo, and we wanted to have you back on to discuss some of the exciting things in this release, as well as all the exciting things that you've done since the last time we've had you on the show. So tell us a little bit overall about the vision of 21.1 and what the team set out to accomplish with this distro. 
Well, it took our time uh, to to get it out. Mostly GNOME 40 released, and uh, also the latest KD Plasma was out there. And we had to sync three teams, XFCE, Plasma, and of course GNOME. And GNOME tried to get the, the old legacy uh, design into GNOME 40, so you have the 338 and the 40, and you can simply switch between those. And this took time, and then a new Plasma come out, and then we had some issues there to get the theming right. So we had to delay GNOME, and then we fixed Plasma, and then GNOME has some issues because they updated some packages, so it's always back and forth, back and forth, and gladly, last uh, Monday, it came out. Very nice. A job of a developer is never done. One of the standout features to me in 21.1 is the improvements to the Calamari's installer and, of course, the enhanced support for ButterFS. Um, focusing on the Calamari's installer for now, what improvements can users expect with the installer? Well, it was a joint um, vision. So if you look at Garuda, Garuda started to have ButterFS and uh, the outer snap when you do an update, then it takes a snapshot. Um, but they created some extra uh, application before Calamaris. So one of our developers, Artem, decided to put it inside of Calamaris, like a simple dropdown. And also another developer from our side um, was involved, including upstream Calamaris team. And then we made it smooth and get it out. So Mati did the background and uh, Artem the design of the UI and uh, then you have it, so you can select which file system you want, also in the easy way to auto-partitioning. Do you all do a lot of other customization to Calamari's? Like, I noticed that we had the Garuda developer on. We were talking about the fact that it no longer says just proprietary driver versus non-proprietary driver, but actually says NVIDIA or you, you know, within when you're, for instance, selecting the GPU. And he mentioned that the Manjaro team made that awesome enhancement. So you guys do some additional tweaks to the installer in Calamari's as well, customizations? Well, in uh, Calamari's itself, we have this model. So what we have in our ISO is uh, you can select between proprietary and the free drivers. So you can simply start it up, test it out. So if you have an NVIDIA card, you can see does the drivers work better than the free ones. And then you can decide reboot and use the free ones. This is the only selection the user has to do. And uh, Calamari's will pick it up what you had selected uh, on the boot screen. So I want to talk about ButterFS. So I'm a fan of ButterFS, and I was happy to see that there's been work being on being done on it for Manjaro. What updates have you made to ButterFS in this release, and is there a chance that ButterFS could become the default file system for Manjaro in the future? It really depends. So the 21.1 is the starting point of ButterFS. So we had this vision to make it default based on rolling and having the auto snapshots. It's likely easier for the users. So if you break a system, you can simply uh, reboot. And you have the scrub menu where you can see, OK, this was the snapshot where I installed Firefox. That was a snapshot I updated kernel. And uh, between those, I can select which of those worked and then simply boot it up, test it out. If you don't like it, reboot, uh, use the other snapshot. And you also can manage it in time shift. So it's like grub and time shift together. What are your thoughts personally on ButterFS? Is it something you're going to switch to and start using? I'm still on X4, so mm -hmm. I have to see about that. I don't have the, the, the need to uh, capture and snapshot, but I advertise it to, to use so because rolling releases, 
if you're not a developer, it's hard to fix your system if you don't know what what broke. I think that's, that's what's true. so neat about ButterFS uh, being included in Mojaro, Garuda, those things is because uh, people who want to try it out, like you said, don't have that skill to necessarily make a change and know how to fix it. If they break something, they can just roll back. And I've, I've utilized the ButterFS rollback myself in an attempt to test it out, make sure that it's working. And man, it is smooth. It works really well rolling the systems back. I think it's just an awesome enhancement you are doing to Mojaro. Yeah, definitely. So Philip, uh, Manjaro has become an amazing partner for hardware companies like Pine64. Yay. Can you tell us about some of the things the ARM team and Dan Johansson is working on in relation to the PinePhone and PineNote? Well, the PineNote is the latest what we have out there. Um, so um, we're working uh, closely with KDE and KDE um, is currently designing uh, how the look is. I leaked um, Ryan a picture of uh, an early snapshot how the design can look like. It's like a black and white, and you can it's um, so move good stuff. Looking, man. Yeah, and um, we have to see if we pick up that design or do a totally different one. But uh, it's close to see KDE as uh, the UI designers and Manjaro as the backend, and also um, Pine sixty four getting it done. It's it's really good, and uh, yeah, we're working constantly on the PinePhone, on the PineBook Pro, and on other things. Well, you guys have done an absolute amazing job there, I think, in that partnership. I'm just such a fan of the work you're doing, and I appreciate the leak very much, <laughs> except for the fact that it makes me want it that much more <laughs> right? in my hands right now. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. Awesome job from the Manjaro team there. So there's someone out here and they're listening to this interview and they're thinking to themselves, I, I would love to get involved with the Manjaro project. From a community standpoint, where could the Manjaro team use some assistance? Well, it depends if you if you're a um, translator, you don't see your language given there, then you can speak with us and say, "Hey, this is the Manjaro tools, and it's not in my native language." So you can start as a translator, or if you uh, pick up the code and see an issue, you can simply send out a patch, and we will review. And depending on how good the patches are, then we can see, okay, now we can join as a maintainer of that uh, specific uh, application or figure something out, what you can do as a developer in our end. Then there's a forum where you can be a moderator or see how people have issues and simply answer the questions if you know the answer or write some wiki uh, posts. Uh, there's so many things. You don't have to be a developer at all to join any Linux distribution or open source uh, projects. And what are some of the things I, I love? You guys are always cooking up something new. You talked about that uh, teasing with the screenshot. You also tease me with, hey, we got something cool coming up next week. And, and then you make me beg for the information. You guys are always <laughs> doing something amazing over there. What are some of the things the Manjaro team is working on that you can tell us about that we can look forward to in the future? Well, it depends. It's always like uh, the situation in the backgrounds are always different. Um, we talk constantly with Lucas from Pine64. Can we tell something or not? So it's always like if the situation changes, if the components are there. So maybe in September we will uh, announce something together with Pine64. We will see. And if that is out, then uh, you will smile even more. <laughs> um, nice. You yeah. know, now we're now, oh, we're, now we're now we're anticipating the anticipation. <laughs> yeah, <Yes. laughs> something like that. 
So uh, since today is the cele- is a celebration of 30 years of Linux for the Destination Linux Network, we're asking everyone to answer this question. What does Linux mean to you? Well, it means more or less freedom. The, the choice you can do is uh, more open. You can uh, connect to the developers directly, ask them some questions, uh, add some features yourself if you uh, can code. So it's it's versatile. And yes, I'm around 10 years now with Manjaro, so we had to celebrate ourselves 10 years. So what we did is uh, we uh, get this uh, old, old homepage back together, put it on front and say, back to the future 21. <laughs> And even uh, uploaded the first release. It was an Arch installer with a graphical. And yeah, it's, it was amazing. People even tried to update it to current, but uh, failed. Even <laughs> I tried it. It's so much changed in the 10 years of Arch. Well, Philip, we want to thank you and, of course, the entire Manjaro team for all the great work that you've done, not only with just this re- release, but with all of the work in general being done, uh, not with just Manjaro, but with all the partnerships and all of the hardware vendors that you guys work with and the community as a whole. We look forward to having you back on the program real soon. Sure, sure. Thanks, Philip. This episode of Destination Linux is brought to you by Bitwarden. Get started right now with your free account at bitwarden.com slash DLN. Bitwarden is an awesome piece of software. It is a password manager that allows you to have peace of mind knowing that your online accounts are secure. How does it do that? Well, it provides tools for you, like the being able to store all your passwords in a secured vault, being able to automatically generate those passwords for you, and automatically fill in those passwords on login forms so you don't have to do any of that stuff, which is just fantastic. And you can access your data across many different types of devices, whether it's your browser, web browser extensions or your mobile apps or desktop applications or even on the command line if you want to do that. Bitwarden seals and encrypts your password or your and your private data with end-to-end encryption before it ever leaves your, your devices. So you're the only person with access to your data and you know that because it is encrypted on your local devices. So when it goes to their servers, it's just a giant pile of gibberish, which is fantastic because you know you're the only one that has the key to decipher that gibberish. Also, uh, Bitwarden is fantastic because not only is it you can get a free account with it has tons of great features like I've already mentioned, but you also can check out the premium account, which is less than a dollar per month. That's right, for less than a dollar per month, you get one gigabyte of encrypted file storage, two-step login with YubiKey, U2F Duo, Vault Health reports, Bitwarden Authenticator for temporary one-time passwords, priority customer service, and so much more, including Bitwarden Send is a new service that Bitwarden has offered, so you can be able to easily send files back and forth to people, which is just amazing. So go to bitwarden.com slash DLN to get started. And remember, for less than a dollar per month, you can get all of those awesome features in their premium account, but you also can check out the business accounts and the family accounts. I set up the family accounts for my family, and it's fantastic because people who, uh, there's some people in my family who are not familiar with password managers, and it was a lot easier to show them how to use it when I could just set up a family account and then build it for them and basically just say, here's how you use it, and here and, and I'll even pre-populate some stuff for you. Make it just, it's such a fantastic experience that they were able to, you know, make that process so much easier. So go to bitwarden.com slash DLN if you want to get started with your own accounts or family accounts or business accounts. And also, again, thanks to Bitwarden for sponsoring Destination Linux. Up next in the show is the news section, and I want to talk about a fantastic piece of software 
so I'm such a fan of this application. It is Caden Live. So Caden Live is, in one, in my opinion, one of the best video editors, especially in the open source space, but just in general on the Linux platform. And if you've not used Caden Live in a while, it's definitely time to give it another look. And before we get into all the changes with Caden Live, like the 21.08 features, I wanted to ask Ryan something because he mentioned something previously that, well, for those that don't know, I was at Ryan's house last week, so I got to see some behind the scenes stuff. And one of the things I noticed that he was not using Lightworks anymore. So I got to ask, what made you change away from Lightworks and back to Caden Live, Ryan? Well, I guess maybe I should start with why I got started using Lightworks, because there was this discussion that was constantly going on in the community. There were content creators creating dozens of videos during that period of time. We were mentioning it specifically, even on the Destination Linux show, about how video editing is so terrible in Linux and you can't do professional video editing in Linux. And so I was looking for an alternative. I believe it was Noah that told me about Lightworks as a professional alternative for people who need some of those features out there. And so I started doing videos on Lightworks and showing people Lightworks because I wanted people to stay in Linux most of all. And so you have this professional suite of video editing software that's created by studios, award-winning movies, utilized Lightworks. So this was the thing I was giving people. And the problem with things like DaVinci Resolve is uh, it, it just so many people would use that in their videos as the reason why Linux doesn't have a good video editor because it crashes, doesn't launch, doesn't start, doesn't work. Lightworks always worked, right? It was easy to install, simple, and worked right out of the box. Um, so that was part of it. But then I started realizing like the multi-cam support and things like that in Lightworks were so powerful for me to be able to quickly be able to pull clips from B-roll and other things that I was doing in my videos. And it was just so much faster. But then I went back to Caden Live rather recently just to check it out. I think it's because I did a distro hop and just hadn't installed Lightworks. And I saw the multi-cam support for portions that I needed anyways. Um, and all of these new features added in and realized once I changed the shortcuts to Lightworks, you know, that I had set up that I didn't need Lightworks anymore. Caden Live has come so far in the stability in it, which is really one of the biggest issues it had. Uh, it was no longer an issue. It wasn't crashing. It wasn't having any of those problems again. So Caden Live to me, I think when you said in the intro, if you haven't looked at it in a while, you need to take a look at it again. I definitely think you can uh, take a look and, and you'll see that it's just come so far. And, and Noah, I know you, you've mentioned Lightworks as well. What's your story with regards to Caden Live and Lightworks? Yeah. So we have at AltaSpeed Technologies, we have two video editing suites that we use for doing either work for clients or for our own promotion stuff. And we have uh, three pieces of software that, that have been on there. Traditionally, it's been Lightworks, Caden Live, and OpenShot. Obviously, both of the operating systems running Linux. And we hired a new guy, and he came on board, and he was doing some video editing work for us. And he said, do you have a preference on which video editing software I use? And I, we said, no, I mean, you use whatever you want. It just has to be one of those three because we want to be able to keep the project files and obviously be able to reopen them. And I install on Windows, so that means you're not either. Um, and so <laughs> he sat down and he looked at Lightworks for a little bit and it was confusing to him. Opened up Caden Live and felt right at home. He had previously edited uh, all of his videos on Adobe Premiere. And so sat down and did a bunch of video editing work and 
few weeks down the road, I, I go to make a couple changes. I don't remember what exactly I went to do, but I had to open that project file. I said, oh, he did it in Caden Live. No problem. Open up Caden Live, made the changes I needed to do, export something. And as I'm clicking through it, I'm thinking to myself, you know, three years ago when I used this, it crashed constantly. It was to the point that there's no way I would have used this. And when he said, you know, do you, do you mind if I use Caden Live? Knock yourself out. What I meant by that was if you're a masochist and enjoy having the software crash every 45 seconds and losing your work and starting all over, by all means, be my guest. That's what I meant by that. What I didn't understand was somewhere in there, Caden Life had gone from being a decent tool that crashed and recovered reasonably well to being flawless. And uh, I have, like you, just switched over to Caden Life. I guess the straw that broke the camel's back, if I'm being honest, was I had I was bouncing around uh, distro to distro, and I want to say I was actually on Arch and had a difficult time in. No, I don't remember what it was. I was on Arch, and installing Lightworks required me to deprecate a different library in order to get Lightworks to run. And I thought, yeah, what else is that going to break? And so then I thought, well, I'm already using it in the video editing suite. I have enough experience with it. I'll just switch over and haven't gone back since. And so it's kind of one of the things that I I was really excited for Lightworks from the get-go was that they said, hey, eventually we're going to be open source. Great, professional Linux tool that's eventually going to be open source. Well, in the meantime, what happened was Lightworks never became open source. In the meantime, what happened was an existing open source tool rose to what I would consider the level of professional video editing. So if you're looking for a professional tool, if yep. what you're looking to do is, is some cuts and some fades, and, and really there aren't a lot of bells and whistles that professionals use in video editing, if you're looking for those things, Caden Live is, is your tool. Yeah, that's a very good point because that's exactly what happened for me. Like when I, uh, when you were talking about how Lightworks was going to be going open source, and Caden Live has now become that the open source level yep. pro tool thing. That that's very important because I I'm a big fan of Caden Live and I've been using it for years. And there was a period of time where it did crash quite a bit, and they created a recovery system to make sure that if you if it did crash, you wouldn't lose anything, which is awesome. And but I never I never lost anything in Caden Live. I want to be clear. Like all the times that I had problems with it, I never lost anything. Right. Because they did make that uh, recovery system. And what's really cool is that I had, I found, it was like, there was this period of time a couple years ago where there was this bug that happened where I lost a ton of data. And it wasn't like a crash, just the data was just lost. And and I freaked out. And I went to the Caden Live people and I was like, is there any way to get this stuff back? Because it wasn't like the files were missing or everything was fine. It was just like the project data itself had some kind of weird glitch or something. And they said, uh, we don't know what happened, but there is a solution. Every the, the recovery system isn't just a recovery system when it crashes. It's also making periodic recoveries things just in case. And all of my stuff was stored in my drive already. I just went and got the the previous version of that and put it and made it a new made it the new one and it was all good. And that, that blew my mind because I I was freaking out. I was like, did I just lose two hours of edit? Nope, it's all fine. So that's really cool because Caden Live has has come up in the world like other video editors like Adobe Premiere that has automatic mm -hmm. saving backups. So that's very very important. And another point I'd like to make is that Caden Live that is you can download it as an app image and that works beautifully. You can download the latest one as an app image. That's how I always test the latest releases and that works great. And they've also implemented experimental uh, GPU um, hardware acceleration. Yes. And that has been working very well for me. I've been having fun uh, playing with that and testing it. That's cool. Yeah, that's huge for me. And mm -hmm. the new features in this 
Michael, you you use Caden Live every single week. You have mm-hmm. to edit all these shows, including your own show. Some of these new features. Mm-hmm. Which ones of these stand out to you? You got the new time remap feature, allowing you to keyframe the speed of clips. The panning through the timeline being more fluid. Very that nice. one for me is like yes, please. The processing code has been completely refact- uh, refactored, fixing an interface lag freeze. Uh, when you're importing hundreds of gigabytes at once. Now, I don't have any problems with hundreds of gigabytes because my files don't get that big, but maybe maybe you. I do have giant files when I'm editing this uh, this show because the, every single time, the, the shows are a minimum about 10 gigs or so when I'm in, importing, so it could take a bit. Uh, but it is uh, fantastic. All of these features, uh, which one is the most exciting? Well... I think they're all equally exciting because I'm so, I'm a I'm a big fan of Caden Live. If you have seems noticed. like a cop out to me, uh, but yeah, that's a cop out. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm saying they're all good because these are fantastic. But I have I am going to point out a few things. So first of all, the time remap feature is fantastic. It doesn't. It's it's named something that other people and if they're familiar with video editing, they might hear as a different term. So what it refers to is speed ramping, which allows you to be able to increase the speed of a playback and also lower it for like slow motion effects and stuff like that, which is just awesome because this is something that a lot of people have been wanting and you could kind of do it sort of, but this one is now you can do it in a keyframe system so you can do it on an individual clip rather than having to make the clip itself like, you know, change the speed of that the clip directly. You can now do a, a like one section of a clip, which is awesome. Now, the other things are, there was actually a couple things in here that, I was super excited to see because I requested them specifically. And that is the ability to move guides along the, the timeline with the clips. So basically, when you I, when I'm doing the show, I create tons of guides for edit points. And whenever you uh, remove some space in between different clips, it would just keep it would move the clips along the timeline, but the cl- the guides would stay this air, stay in the same space they were. Now the guides will move with the clips, which is amazing. Wow. And mm-hmm. saves a ton of time. And also, the another thing that they added that I that I requested was the ability to have uh, to pull in uh, focus for different widgets inside of the app, the application. So, if you want to quickly jump to the project mm-hmm. band or quickly jump to another thing, you can do so now with shortcuts, which is just awesome. So, so many things. And one more, the command bar has been added, and that is awesome. So for those who are not familiar, uh, K Command Bar is a new uh, project that has been built for implementing something called a command palette inside of different KDE applications. And Caden Live adding that is just amazing. So basically what happens if you hit a a shortcut, it will pop up a window that you can then search for different features. So if you want to change themes, if you want to add effects, or you want to open a new file or import stuff or whatever, you can do all of that from the command bar really quickly quickly, which is just awesome. And I love that. So uh, I love a lot of this stuff, Ryan, to answer your question. <laughs> I like it. Well, well, look, we are going to, as part of the MegaFest, we're going to be doing a $500 donation to an open source project that you, the community, chooses out there. That link is live on Discord. So if you want Caden Live to be one of those, if you love all the features, mm-hmm. just saying, you could throw Caden Live on that list and we're going to use a randomizer to pick one of those choices from the community there uh, for that giveaway. But Caden Live's done some amazing work and a huge thanks to the Caden Live team for this recent release. So for our gaming segment, we have something really fun. It's called Tricky Towers. And so if you're looking for a new t- twist on tr- Tetris, 
And also Jenga to, <laughs> to play with your friends. <laughs> Check out Tricky Towers. And it's, it's definitely a really good mix of Tetris and Jenga together um, with a very, very uh, Mario-like graphics. And it has lots of positive reviews, and it has a native Linux install. Or it can work with Proton, but use the Linux install. <laughs> That's yeah, better. That Linux and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So what's really cool is the game describes itself on Steam with your brilliant robe and magic powers. It's time to build some tricky towers. Stack your bricks in this land of fable, whose marvelous tower will be the most stable. Battle your friends and rise to fame in this frantic physics game. I love so, that it rhymes. Uh, <laughs> it shouldn't matter, but I love yeah, that it rhymes. I know. <laughs> It's that's amazing. It's like poetry. So I've been playing this game on Linux for several year, years now, and it's such a fun party game. You can play with your friends and family, or you can play it in single player mode. And so you can play it with time trials or difficulty of puzzles. So what happens is there's a, a tower on the bottom of the screen with uh, shapes that that need to land on it in a Tetris or Jenga type form. And so the, the shapes fall from the top. It's a whole lot of fun, especially when you're, you know, pl playing it in a time trial with friends to try and get up up to the uh, top so of the screen. So are you putting shapes, Jill, lines. onto other people's tower to try to collapse it? Or are no, you trying to build your own your, tower up? You're, okay. you're trying to build I was, your own I was hoping tower. I could attack Michael's tower with random uh, shapes. No, I'll find a no way to get Ryan's tower down. <laughs> I'll find a way. It's. Uh, yeah. I do want to have ba <laughs> battle. Uh, battle tricky towers is you know for uh, just a yeah. just a thought. If you're looking for <laughs> suggestions about how to improve some features and whatnot, uh, letting me knock down Ryan's tower sounds fantastic. See how our minds oh. work. We just think about how yeah. we destroy each other instantly, <laughs> even in a happy game like tricky towers. Yeah. So this is a player versus a player, but I would like a co-op option maybe in the future. <laughs> that yes. would be a lot of fun. <laughs> so, oh, so that would be awesome because you could on my tower. Yeah, you I could do a co-op where you're tower. you're helping each yeah. other and also yeah. not sabotaging. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a it's a hoot to play, and it's only fourteen dollars and ninety nine cents on Steam, and it's a lot of fun. I highly recommend it. I've probably played about thirty or forty hours with friends with this game. Nice. <laughs> So the software spotlight this week is really interesting. This is something that Ryan found, and I just I just had to tell you about it. So uh, MetaStream allows you to watch internet videos with friends and synchronizes media on websites so you can watch together. So we did something, a, a test last week, where we uh, had the DLN patrons uh, join us, and we watched some stuff on the uh, Amazon's like watch watch party thing. Watch where, party, yeah. yeah. And it was it was a really good time. It was really fun. And then we were like, well, what other things can we do? And uh, so MetaStream is where we found this to kind of do something like that. And it does many different services. So you can watch or listen together. You can start a session and invite your friends by sending them like a, a code that they can join. Also, you can build up a queue so you can browse for different types of media with different URLs and just add it to a queue. And there's it supports a lot of different uh, popular websites. And also it has enhanced features like being able to add a top of streaming websites such as like real-time chat and uh, timestamp markers for sites that don't already have it and things like that. It's very, very cool. And so how this works though is everybody has mm -hmm. to have an account to join, right? Because of all the DRM and all Yeah, that of those stuff. services, yeah. Yes, of those services, yep. 
And then once you have that account, uh, whoever is hosting it sends out the link. They We talk about you know what movie you want to watch in, let's say, Netflix or YouTube link. And then everybody clicks that as long as they can sign in that they have that service then you control and basically uh, can play and pause for everybody at the same time. But the fun thing is watching people's comments on the side while you're watching a movie, because if uh, the movie's particularly boring, it's like a mystery science 3000 thing. Then like the, the comments become hilarious or in Michael's case, it's Michael picking holes in the plot the entire time, which isn't <laughs> as funny, but that's his thing. Like no, I wasn't picking holes. Happen. I was just making random comments about like, where did they get the shoes when there, there weren't, there weren't shoes there. And he's all of a sudden just has shoes now. Like, I'm just saying, I'm seeing things that made me comment. It wasn't like a plot hole, you know, picking. I mean, but I've always made the comment, you'd be so fun at a party, but now I know that's... Very true. Very sarcasm. true. <laughs> uh, it's 100% accurate. Yes, I agree. <laughs> so we're going to be doing more with this, though. So be on the lookout for some links that we're going to pop up, and we're going to do some streams uh, with the community with some of these tools. So we'll find some movies and things like that that we can watch together and let the hilariousness ensue. Our tip of the week this week is using NUT. What did he say? Yeah, NUT. It's the Network UPS Tools. It's a collection of programs which provide a common interface for monitoring and administrating your UPS. What is a UPS? Well, it's an uninterrupted power supply. Essentially, it's a battery that is connected to the wall. And so there's a little battery charger, charges up the little battery, then it converts it back into AC power and you plug all of your equipment into it. So it's very popular inside of data centers. Actually, I take that back. It's very essential inside of data centers, very popular inside of home offices and, and, and smaller businesses. And essentially the idea here is that we want to keep the servers running as long as possible and then once we're not going to be able to keep them running in the event of a power outage, we want to shut them down gracefully and we want to let the system administrator know. And then we want to let, if possible, all of the users know. So there, when you install Nut, you get a couple of things. There is a driver that talks to the UPS. And so it grabs a whole bunch of data. The current battery level, whether it's running off of AC power or running off the battery itself what the battery level is and how charged it is. Uh, it works in a server-client relationship mode. And so by default, you can have it run in standalone, um, which means that it's doing all of the things on just one machine. But if you want, you may have, if let's say you had an office with, I don't know, 15 servers, you could have all of those 15 servers maybe running in client mode. You'd have just one machine connected as the server to the UPS. And so then all of those clients can get that information live from the server who's talking directly to the UPS. So when the UPS, when we go into a failure mode, when the power has failed, a couple of things have happened. Uh, first of all, at Ultraspeed Technologies, we actually have this tied into Matrix. Uh, Libra NMS is what we use to do all of our monitoring. And so uh, Libra NMS deposits those message payloads into an element room, which we all monitor at the company. And so we get element alerts and it just sends us a message and says, hey, this particular client has had a power outage and Nut has been talking to the UPS. UPS, here's the battery uh, percentage, here's the current draw, and so based off of this current draw, here's about how long we have to run on battery. Here's the time when we're going to shut all of the machines down. Would you like to go ahead and send an alert to your to, to the client? And you say, yes, we do. Okay, so then, then we respond to Matrix, say, yeah, we want to go ahead and send an alert out. At that point, an alert is triggered in our ticket system and sends out an alert to the client and says, hey, 
you've suffered a power outage. And so in the case of one of our clients, they have three different remote offices. So they don't necessarily even know that they've had a power outage in their central office, but they're about to find out one way or the other, right? They just get an email and it says, hey, had a power outage. In about 15 minutes, we're going to have to power everything down to make sure that your data stays safe. We'll let you know when the power has returned. And then at that point, Nut talks to the UPS and says, okay, I'm at the point where I'm about to run out of battery. You better go start shutting computers down. So then the server talks to any of those servers that are tied in as a client. And those clients then respond and say, okay, I'm going to start powering down gracefully. And so they back up all their data. They shut down all the VM states, probably take a couple of snapshots and then power themselves off. Then we get a final alert that says, hey, out of juice, everything has been powered down. Everything's backed up. I'm killing everything. Then it shuts down. Um, And then when the power comes back on and the UPS is restored, then obviously we get that alert and everything kind of starts to fire back up. It says, okay, I can bring everything back online. And there's a couple little things sometimes that, hey, that requires some manual intervention. Okay, well, we can reach out to the client or the person and say, hey, can you go push this button? Um, And we bring everything back up. But it's a really fantastic tool uh, that has essentially replaced UPS uh, D. And so if you are using a UPS in your environment, you'll definitely want to check out Nut. We'll have more links for you in the show notes. So that's it. That's the end of the show. But the fun is just starting because at 3 p.m. Eastern today, we are hosting MegaFest. That's in less than one hour, folks. Less than one hour, we're going to start MegaFest. Now, you're going to be asking yourself, how do I join this? You keep talking about it. You're teasing it like Philip from Manjaro teases all the screenshots and everything else. (laughs) Michael, how do people join in MegaFest. What's the uh, link? The link is destinationlinux.network slash MegaFest. And if you want to join, if you want to be a part of the giveaway, you can go to destinationlinux.network slash MegaFest giveaway. That's it. That's simple. And you can uh-huh. just fill in your, uh, you know, what Linux means to you and reply to that thread and you are automatically entered into the giveaway. They're going to be doing multiple giveaways throughout the, uh, the event. And you can just, all you got to do is Comment on that thread and you're good to go. So again, destinationlinux.network slash megafest for all the information. And also the link to join us in the Jitsi room will be there as well. Very nice. So a big thank you to each and every one of you for supporting us by watching, listening, however you do it. We love your faces. And if you want more DL, you can come a patron like all these beautiful people behind the scenes. You can't see them, but they're in this massive virtual stadium out there right now, you get a bunch of perks like unedited mm-hmm. versions of the show, VIP access to events, live recordings, Destination Linux every Sunday. Come out and hang out with the crew. In addition, every Sunday, we're now streaming live at dealinlive.com. The best part, everyone is invited to watch the recording of Destination Linux each and every week. And we can't wait to see you in the chat. And also go right now to dealinstore.com where you can check out all the swag we have. We have t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, stickers, uh, hats. Uh, we have... Uh, We have backpacks and aprons and all sorts of great stuff so you can twill while you grill and so much more. You get the Linux 91 merch that you can see that Ryan and Jill are rocking right now. So much Mm -hmm. cool stuff. Check it out. Dealinstore.com. And make sure to check out all our amazing shows here on the Destination Linux Network. We have the Pseudo Show, the Ask Noah Show, This Week in Linux, the Dodds Geek Channel, DLN Extend, Hardware Addicts, GameSphere, and get your Fedora hat on with our latest show, the Fedora Podcast. 
Just go to DestinationLinux.network and subscribe to all these shows to keep your penguins marching and the full Monty of Linux and open source awesome sauce. And speaking of the getting the uh, <laughs> getting all the subscribing to all the shows, you can do so because we now have an RSS feed that has every show in one. So you just subscribe oh, to that yay. one feed and you got it all. And if we add more shows or whatever to the to the network at some point, you're going to get those too. That's how awesome that feed is. So check it out. Everyone have a great week. And remember, the journey itself is just as important as the destination. Have a good week, everyone. Bye-bye. See you next Mega week. Bye-bye. Mega fast. <laughs> hey, everyone. For those who are listening to the recorded version of this episode, I wanted to let you know that the Mega Fest has already happened. I know we've said it in the show a couple of times that it's going to happen today, but that was yesterday when we recorded the show live. By the way, we record the show live every week on Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern or 1700 UTC, so join us in the live chat room by going to dealinlive.com. But here are a few highlights from the MegaFest, and if you enjoy this, you can check out the full MegaFest that is posted on the Destination Linux Network YouTube channel and Odyssey channels. I'll have links in the show notes. All right, Michael, uh, one of the community members wanted to know what the origin of the DLN network was, and I thought that would be a good one for you. Oh, that's a good question. So there's there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff about like how this happened. I, I started getting into media production um, about 10 years ago, roughly. A little bit, maybe a little bit over ten years ago, and I, you know, I did producing first, and I did like you know collaborations with different things before I started doing my own thing, and then I decided that I, you know, I wanted to be able to, you know, create something like this, and I, and I planned on doing it for like probably five or six years before I got to the the opportunity to actually do it. I started doing my YouTube channel and making content, and also making the This Week in Linux podcast and all that stuff. And it was it was fantastic, and it was it was basically like the, the the first stage of what I wanted because I eventually wanted to get the DLN to be created, and for whatever reason I just couldn't get it to be done. Like it was just it was just so much trying to maneuver everything, and it just I just it just never came about. And then I joined Destination Linux as the podcast, and I I met Ryan, and that kind of created like this potential, like maybe there's something here. I don't know, and uh, so don't tell Ryan about this. But uh, there, it was really interesting because I, I told him about this. We were we were actually at Self, I think, the first year we were at Self together, and I told him about this this plan that I wanted to do of making this network. And then he was like, "That sounds great. That's that's." He's like, "I would love to see that happen." And probably a few months later, you know, some things, you know, some pieces move around on the board and whatnot. And then basically, there's a, an opportunity. And he comes to me and says, hey, we should do this network thing. I'm like, yeah, I do want to do that someday. Goes, no, no, no. Now. We should do it now. And that's a, a thing I love about Ryan is that he's a, a person who just wants to get stuff done that needs to get done. Basically, I, I don't even know if I would have eventually, if, if I hadn't, if he hadn't pushed me into doing it, I don't know if I ever would have actually doing it my, done it myself. So it was, it's a, it was fantastic because... He's like, all right, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna help you make it, and it's like, fantastic. Let's do it. So we we started it in September 2019, and it became what it is now. And it's, uh, it's. I, I just want to thank Ryan. Don't tell him that it was. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's. It was very like it's. It was my dream to make this, and he made it possible for it to exist. So. Aww. Uh, but don't I wish I wasn't on mute the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> heard any of that. <clears throat> oh, good, good. Really oh, you're on mute? Okay, that's, that's fair. That's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so that, now that, with the gushiness is over. 
Jeez, and, I didn't know we were going to get gushy. It's not. And, I didn't know we were going to have that question, and, and I'm going to answer that question. That's what the truth is. And, That's and, a good question. And Michael Nicojet says, and then you found a $9 stool on sale, and your dream is complete. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. T- two things. One, that was after the network was started, and it did it did add to the, the uh, gravitas of the network. That is true. Also, I'm currently using it, so good purchase. <laughs> I don't believe you. He finally, because he wanted to prove, he finally moved it from that corner. But I bet you there's a big pile of dust there where that stool once sat. See, stool. Yeah. Wow. Wow. There actually right, is so- not a pile of dirt because I am very clean. However, there is an indention in the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would be interesting to ask you this question: of where do you see the destination Linux network in five years? Since you're one of the creators on the show, where do you see it going? from the community well i i would say i would see it from the community perspective or even from just me as a dude i would say i see the 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 network one becoming more uh more solvent and and actually being able to to grow and do more and and become more relevant as far as a place to go if you uh notice ryan that when when you guys have guests your guests leave happy and and they and they're excited about the time that they spend on destination linux they stick around for the after shows much of the time. And so you have an, a kind of an excitement that's around the Destination Linux network that you continue to foster that. I think that it's going to be the hub, the place where people go to talk Linux, to talk open source, to talk software, to talk technology in, in a welcoming uh, way. And I think it's just going to be the, and I, I think you're going to see probably other areas of in, in Linux communities, probably either one, shun you saying you're nothing but shills, but, I th- but more likely, you're going to see people say, well, this is the place to go. Let's emulate that. And I think that's, that's where you're probably going to see more either people emulating it more or and, and people just being drawn to the network just because of that welcoming uh, attitude you do Dang, have. Dang, Nate. All right. That was awesome. I, well I, can actually, I can back up Nate's point. Like A yeah. couple of folks that, that I've encouraged to come on to DL actually told me afterwards that you guys were so friendly and so nice to them. And you help them be prepared for it, that they wanted to come back again and again. All right, Michael, can you uh, capture who wins here for me? Uh, Automatically, it's on the stream, so sure. (laughs) (laughs) So here's how this is going to work. Once I click randomize, I've picked up everybody who's left a comment on that Steam giveaway. Since we have your username in the discourse, if you win, we'll send you a message after GameFest with the key. Jill, can you? Oh no, Noah, do you have like a soundboard thing? Or are you not at? Uh, I have. I think I'm. Hold on a second. It. Uh, this isn't quite as fast as the other one, but I think I got the perfect thing for you. Ready? Okay. Okay. All right, and click on this one. So and nice having like an audio engineer on call. Nice. There we go. <laughs> and our next winner is. And cue my music. <laughs> this is so empowering. And the winner for Darkest Dungeon, which is such a fun game, by the way. We're going to give away a $500 donation to an open source project here that you awesome. all chose, not us. If Noah's still with us, uh, you can cue some music here, man. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. So God, he's so good. He's just, he's just ready for it. Man. Right on. So VLC, we will be giving you a $500 donation right after the stream ends. 
Nice. Yeah. All right. If y'all, anybody wants to join, I don't know if the servers are full or not. I don't think they are. I'm in. Well, Michael's in, everyone. Go find Michael. I'm dead now. Yay. <laughs> and Ryan's still. Now. Ryan's still. Oh, I got booted again. Oops. I got booted again. <laughs> booted again. I kicked you off the server and it broke my heart. <laughs> How does he? <laughs> I don't know. We wonder that the same thing after her. That's pretty good for a spur of the moment parody. A lot of times when Wendy's joining Hardware Addicts for us to record, we're singing. <laughs> Join oh, yeah. Ryan will just start a team. random song, and I will just I will join in, uh, guaranteed. <laughs> like I have no choice; I just have to join in. It's enough to make kings and vagabonds. Something something okay. don't know the wow. words. <laughs> we want to attract viewers, not scare them. Or the toad. Sorry. Oh. Bad. Sorry. <clears throat> in that case, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt, don't hurt me. me. No, no more. more. That, that's not oh, a good idea. love. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. No more. You probably have a statement about wanting to attract people, not scare them away. Okay, we should do deal in karaoke. Yeah, we should. All right. I think Michael is the murderer. We haven't even started. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Michael's looking awfully sus. Look at that smile on his face. Very, very, very <laughs> sus. Uh, if you guys don't know, you can actually skip your vote. So you I'm going to skip my other. vote and uh, by voting on Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh my gosh. So for those who want to skip their vote as well, you can just choose slow dirt. <laughs> or dark pan. Dark pan is who you want to pick. Again? Oh, 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 wow! I knew it. Yes. Yeah, we're gonna get rid of get rid of him. And there he was go. not an imposter. Oh no! <laughs> you all should feel oh. terrible about yourselves. Terrible. I don't. You know what you did last summer? Oh. Oh, it look, Michael, Michael, they're up front. Like my hair? Like my hair? Uh-oh. I do like your hair. Thank you. Quit following me. You're freaking me out. Why? Oh, that's not that way. That's not how we go there. <laughs> gotta go this way. Apparently. Michael Killer confirmed. Found it. Hey, you can use the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? What can... I have <laughs> yeah, are you doing this? I'm not touching anything. I'm trying to figure out what the. All well, right, we you do it, it apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, was. I don't think it's Michael because he and I failed miserably at trying to do one task. So <laughs> either that or it's Michael Neil. is the best actor Neil. I've ever seen. I think it's Neil. How? I don't know. <laughs> the way you just said how? Yeah, you were so oh. defensive. Right. <laughs> or Dead body. Whoa, somebody's oh, oh. Okay, so I, I saw the body drop, and I'm pretty sure it was slow dirt. Uh, <laughs> oh, come been. on. Again, you guys are going to play this? He come on. I saw the body drop on the floor. 
Alright, so took a minute to That's find a really good button. one, but it's really him. He's the one saying IT guy Eric is the one who listened to me this time. He's the one Eric, who never killed me. He well, said he saw Eric. the body drop on the floor. You only see that if you're the killer. That's a good rebuttal. It is, and it's hard to refute, but uh, I'm pretty sure I saw Nico Jet's body it's fall. It's amazing on the floor. how quickly he just jumped in and was like, oh, it was this guy. Because I was the one who reported it. <laughs> no. See Thank you. At least, at least somebody loves me. Oh, come wow. on again, people? <laughs> wow. I keep telling you who it is, and you guys keep killing me. Oh, <laughs> I like how I, li I like how you, did, you you stuck to the story the entire time. You did, you did. <laughs> <laughs>